0: Thank you, Scott, and good afternoon, everybody. Welcome aboard Must Read Alaska, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska where it's a sunny day and it's just gorgeous out there. This is a reader-driven and a listener-driven conservative news project that we launched in, in 2015, and we're celebrating our first six years. We started out as a, a small but a kind of a mighty newsletter t- for conservatives, and now we have like 12,000. Um, we have 12,000 subscribers. the newsletter and then we launched a a website and every day on the website we've got twenty thousand readers and so this is all about alaska for alaskans keeping the mainstream media on their toes and and we welcome you to sign up for the newsletter to go to mustreadalaska.com and check it out every day there's four or five news stories they show up at any time of the day so you just kind of have to go and find out when i've got time to post a new story that's when they go up you've also may have heard of club mrac and that's our daily legislative news bulletin is a really deep dive into what's going on in June during the session i'm suzanne downing and i'm really glad to be joined by my co-host john quick today and john is in Nikiski, alaska as usual and he has something to report for us there i'm sure i just want to know is the river running full is it like the color of the river that aqua blue or the fish jumping what's going on john
1: well thanks so much suzanne john quick here and yes it uh, the snow is a melting so we're pretty excited about that and uh you know, one of the good one of the good news or good tidbits of information that I think is exciting for the Kenai Peninsula Borough is the real estate market is booming. I mean, it is crazy on the peninsula. You put a freaking house on the market, and it's gone. So, you know, it's a uh, it, it's a good uh, it's a good barometer check for the folks on the Kenai Peninsula that the real estate, real estate market is booming, which is pretty awesome. And, you know, I was just thinking about that a little more in depth. And I think we live in such an amazing time that we live in uh, the greatest country on God's green earth. And we live in the best state in that country. And we live in a place, you know, I think sometimes we take it for granted how amazing we have it. You know, I could, I could get in my car today and drive to Anchorage to Costco. You know, if I wanted to do that trip, hundred years ago, uh, it would take me four months and two people would die on the way to, (laughs) to to Anchorage. And, uh, you know, you'd come back and it'd be four years later and, you know, I can go to my faucet and flip a switch and water comes on. I could flip another switch and my lights come on. And I, you know, most people have two TVs and most people that are listening to this are listening to this on their thousand dollar iPhones and I don't think life is as bad as we sometimes make it out to be. So um, that's my a, thought of the that's, day.
0: That's because you're yeah. living on the key night. That's the beauty. The water is good on the Kenai, makes people happy. (laughs) I like the Kenai. Hey, don't don't let those property prices go up too high. The property prices in Anchorage are exploding. So I had a friend who sold a house the other day, she put it on the market for, I don't know, 500,000 and it sold within one day and and she got $30,000 more than her asking price. So the, the housing market is really hot here as well, which is interesting. Well, listen, there's a lot going on around the state and around the country. I want to get to some items that I want to talk to uh, you about today. One is the Bronson campaign event and how the race is going for mayor of Anchorage or otherwise known as North Korea. Uh, The Biden lifting his outdoor mask mandate. I know you're going to have some things to say about that. Dunleavy saying no vaccine passport. So we'll talk about that. And then Sullivan, Dan Sullivan, U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan calling on John Kerry to resign. Yeah, he actually did that today. So first of all, let's talk about um, the Dave Bronson campaign. So I have not seen a campaign with so much momentum in years. This is very interesting to watch because um, I see campaigns and you got to get a sense of whether or not they are, they've got the finger on the pulse of the people. And this one really does. And it showed yesterday at the McKenna Brothers truck shop down uh, in South Anchorage. It's down there in sort of the industrial. There's a bunch of warehouses and truck yards down there there's uh there's gravel pits and so forth it's an industrial part of town it takes a little bit to get to i drive up and there are cars lined up and down the street and it is just packed and there's uh, you know people just pouring in and there's this big warehouse it's a basically a truck shop so it's got to be pretty big be pretty cavernous cuz they got to be able to bring the trucks in that all the bays opened up everything was clean the floor was spotless could could have eaten off the floor and um, they had tables in there, stand-up tables for people. They had food truck and they had uh, pizza. They had uh, I think they might have had beer, I'm not sure, but they did definitely have uh, different kinds of soft drinks and water. And they had music. Bob Lester, who was the MC, uh, Dan Sullivan showed up, and he gave a rip- roaring endorsement, and the crowd just loved him. But what was really interesting, is this is a blue collar crowd. up. These are people I have not seen at events before. I go to lots of events. And, and I'm telling you, these people were, I saw one guy, he had a pair of pliers in his pocket, you know, his, his car hard pocket there on the side and other people, the dirt on their shoes. These are people who actually make things happen. They build things, they move dirt, they move snow, they pump sewage, they, they tow vehicles and they are hardworking Alaskans. I got to tell you, they are absolutely petrified of the thought of Forrest Dunbar winning um, the mayor's office. They know what that means for them.
1: Oh, yeah. I think you have two very clear distinctions. You have Bronson, who is a his his clear calling is freedom. And you have Dunbar, whose clear calling is tyranny. And those are your choices. And I don't even I can't sometimes it baffles me that Dunbar's campaign has the gumph to say, we're going to usher usher and change and we're going to you know fix the businesses and we're going to fix all these things you're the guy who who made all this stuff wrong in the first place you're and broken. now you're preaching to the same people that are uh, bankrupt jobless and their 2-year-old has a mask on and you're telling them they're going to fix it when you're the person who put all of those things in place in the first place and i think it's just ludicrous and you know he's uh, last week he had an opportunity to stick up for uh, a woman on the assembly, Anchorage assembly, being bullied uh, live during the assembly meeting, and he did not do that. He didn't stick up for uh, uh, Jamie no, and you know, the, he, you
0: know, you know what he did? He didn't stick up for. Her. He videotaped her being bullied with his yeah. phone during the meeting. He was like videotaping her as she was being bullied by Felix Rivera. On on, you just you decided just to go ahead and get some b-roll in case you want yeah. to be you're up with it later. Heinous, absolutely heinous. did and you know that is not a hero a guy watching a woman getting bullied in public like that that is not a hero
1: no this is this is could be your future mayor anchorage a guy who says the constitution is racist and and applauds a uh, female getting bullied live on television this could be your mayor so uh, please go vote (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Please go vote. And it was really it's actually kind of surprising how many people don't know that there is another election. People who are conservative, who are out there working for a living and taking care of their families, they voted. They thought they were done. They don't realize there's this little rule that says if you don't get 45 percent of the vote, there's a runoff. Well, of course, we had 15 people on the ballot. You're not going to get 45 percent of the vote. You just aren't. So we have this runoff. It's a little bit awkward because our our people, our conservatives, are back. You know taking care of their families, they're getting their, their crab pots down to the to the the docks where they have to take them out and, and put them in the water. They're doing things that are productive and they don't realize they've got to go check their mail because there is an election coming up. But it was just interesting to see this fundraiser with there are 450 people there. And I haven't seen a fundraiser like a rally like this since Sarah Palin came back after her nomination for vice president, and that was a big rally. But this is the largest one I've seen since then. It's bigger than anything for any of our governors, uh, candidates, or for U.S. Senate. I mean, people were, their jaws were dropping at how many people were there. And then um, it's, it's just kind of interesting because it's a completely different type of person, John, than um, what we see at our usual r- our rallies and fundraisers. And they raised like $39,000 which is good. Yeah, All inside money,
1: uh, not outside yeah. money. Yep. You know, I, I, uh, my hat's off to Dave Bronson for, for putting on such a phenomenal event. And again, there's a distinction here. Dunbar is raising money from outside. He has special PACs and interest groups doing negative hate campaigns against Bronson. Uh, Dave Bronson is raising money inside of Alaska and, yeah. If that can't tell you right there with the writing on the wall, who's the better candidate, then I don't know how a better way to put it
0: well, yeah, as we were doing some analysis, it looks like twenty percent of, of Forrest Dunbar's money is coming from out of state, so he's raising money from lawyers in San francisco and washington d c and all all across the, the the eastern seaboard in these blue states, and only four percent of uh, of uh, Dave Bronson's money is coming from outside the state, and they typically are. From, it looks like to me from family members who are sending in checks, but it's quite a stark difference. And in, in Anchorage, this is a such an important race. If you, you already know that the race is happening, if you're listening, so what you can do is you can get out there and start just talking to people about the election. Did you vote? Did you get your ballot? And if you if you haven't gotten your ballot, then you need to get a ballot. So you need to get call call down at the city election office and get one. And we will be getting the election results every day. Starting tomorrow, uh, we'll start getting the lists of everybody who's voted. And once again, if you're worried that your ballot wasn't received, you can send us a note and we'll check the list and make sure that your ballot was received and that it's been processed. So, you know, just send a note to Suzanne at mustreadalaska.com and I'll just check the list every day and make sure your ballot got in.
1: You can stay one step ahead of stinky and for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty, large black bags.
0: So he, I, I wanted to um, uh, talk to you a little bit about uh, people, people in Anchorage and, um, and this, this whole mask situation. Cause I know that I, I was looking to today, I, I saw that Biden is getting ready to announce that we don't have to wear masks when we're out of doors and, you know, I do see a lot of people in Anchorage wearing masks out of doors. this always surprises me. I see people oh, riding their bikes down the street wearing masks, and and um, I always think, well, the germ, the virus is not out there. But but apparently, we got some announcements coming from Biden tomorrow about this. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know, it's it's kind of it's it's almost comical this announcement that's going to come from Biden tomorrow that says that you uh, presumably don't have to wear masks anymore outside. Well. News flash for President Biden. We're not wearing a mask outside. If we live on the Kenai Peninsula borough, probably areas in Fairbanks and and Palmer and Wasilla and folks that really enjoy freedom. That's not happening. Like we pretty much stopped listening to you January 2nd. So uh, it's not really new news for us. We just kind of here in Alaska, I think we're going to keep on trucking on. But it is interesting that, you know, folks in Anchorage and probably Juneau are still. Masking to the extreme. But, you know, like we saw yesterday, there's a uh, discrepancy between, uh, let's say, a company's policy and what they actually do. Specifically, airlines saying that you have to wear masks. If you don't wear masks, you're going to be kicked off, you're going to be blacklisted, you're going to be, you know, uh, put on a 30 day no fly list. And then their crew and their pilots don't have to wear masks. And, you know, the, it, it's gotten to a point where these liberal elites and these these companies pretty much think we're a bunch of idiots and we're just going to run around and do exactly what they say. And if we don't do it, we're going to be banned from using their service, no matter if it's, you know, Nordstrom's or uh, Forever 21 or you name it, it doesn't really matter to the company. Uh, they want you to do exactly as they say. And if you do not do that, then you will be, there'll be repercussions. And you know, I, I was in uh, uh, Anchorage a couple of weeks ago and I got kicked out of the mall. I was fine yeah. with it. It's, it's not yeah. a big deal. You know, I, I told the, the people that I wasn't going to make a fuss of it, but I'm not wearing a mask. And, you know, if, if they want me to leave, they can ask me to leave and I'll leave. And that's it's not a big deal. I'm not going to, you know, uh, you know, cause a big scene or anything like that. But uh, I'm not going to wear a mask in your store. Even if you say you have to, now you have the, you have the choice of kicking me out and I'll be fine and I'll, I'll leave your store, but I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not wearing a mask in the hospital unless I'm on the freak uh, on the bed and I'm dying or something. It's not going to happen. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just how we roll. It's how I roll at least. Well, you
0: know, uh, interestingly enough, we did have that story yesterday about how there was a, a flight from Dillingham to Anchorage and somebody videotaped. For several, I don't know, if she for, for a minute at least, she, the the steward, the it was the flight attendant they called, the flight attendant did not have a mask on, the, the pilot didn't have a mask on. And then I heard from Alaska Airlines that said, the pilots, once they're in the cockpit, do not need to wear masks. Okay, that's fair. Okay, that's good. Because it does affect your peripheral vision. And the the flight attendants, they can take their mask off to do their safe, public safety briefing on the um, on the flight. So at the beginning, but now I heard from a friend who said that he was on a flight on Alaska airlines just a few weeks ago, the entire flight group didn't put their mask on for the first 15 minutes of the flight, literally the first 15 minutes. Now this is somebody who is extremely credible. And so I'm I'm getting reports in and I don't want to beat up on Alaska airlines, but, but quite honestly, if your filtration system works and you say it does, and that the flying is the safest place to be, and there's no virus where you fly because the the filters and um, I'm not sure what the big fuss is about having to have your mask on um, between bikes In other, words, take a bite, put your mask back on, which is what we're told to do, by the way, we're told, take a bite, put your mask on, take another bite, put your mask on. And um, and when you get to Anchorage, uh, by the way, Alaska airlines is still telling people that they must go through testing, that it is a state law and it is not. It hasn't been for weeks and weeks and weeks. And they're still making that announcement. And I know this because I fly a lot. But anyway, our COVID policy is so disjointed. It's so incredibly messed up, you know, across the country. And I'm not saying that I want it to be uh, mandated from the federal level all the same everywhere. It just would not work because like you said, on the Kenai, people are free. They live apart, plenty of social distancing. They don't need to be wearing their mask when they're outside raking their yard.
1: Yeah. You know, COVID policy for me is I don't have COVID and there's my policy. And I, uh, you know, I I, I like uh, Mike Rowe, who's a, he, he's the guy that did dirty jobs and he's kind of a common sense guy. He's got a couple of shows right now. He posted a picture, I think, yesterday of uh, saying the hypocrisy is very high. And he showed a picture of people having to line up to get their tickets at, at an airport and they had to be six feet apart at all times. And then he showed a picture of everybody in the airplane, you know, yep. two inches apart. And I mean, just the. It, the ludicrousness of the fact that they want you to, they think that we will think that somehow the virus needs six feet of distance. If you're getting the ticket, but then if you're on the plane, two inches of distance is fine somehow the virus morphs, you yeah. know, because it's you're not standing virus. in a line anymore, you're sitting. And it literally is just makes, you know, I boil this down to people wanting people that are, you know, bigger pay grade than I am. They want to control other people. And uh, that's about how I look at
0: it. Speaking of which, um, Governor Mike Dunley put out an administrative order today saying no governmental agency can require a vaccine. And this is really a great step. Now, he can't dictate what tribes do because tribes have certain sort of level of sovereignty around in their communities. But he can say that in, in regards to any state agency, there can be no requirement for uh, a vaccine. That means They can't force uh, workers to have vaccines. They can't force passengers who get on the Alaska ferries to to have vaccines. So he's come out with an administrative order that that really lays it out. It's very, very clear. And I think it's a really great step. And I'd like to see others, uh, you know, step forward and say there will be no, uh, there will be no vaccine passport. (laughs) I did see something from First Presbyterian Church. Now this, this stuff you can't make up. First Presbyterian Church in Anchorage. They're going to start having in-session churches. In other words, they're going to have people come into church finally. You can come into church if you have a vaccine. I mean, this is my shocked face. I cannot believe it. They are actually telling people, don't come to church unless you can prove that you have a vaccine. But that would be First Presbyterian Church in Anchorage. And um, that somehow doesn't surprise me since Matt Schultz is the pastor there and he is a full-on uh, sort of socialist communist lefty. And he's not really running a, a church. He's running a, a political organization. So it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> hey, before before we yeah beat up on the Presbyterians a little bit, that is my denomination. So I feel like I can beat up on them. Um, a cradle, cradle Presbyterian for sure. So uh, can we just talk about this Dan Sullivan thing and John Kerry for a minute? Because I know we're going to run out of time, but I really think it's important what um, our our Senator did today. He's, he was here yesterday, man. He, was, he must have flown back overnight and then got on the Senate floor first thing in the morning and started um, calling for John Kerry's resignation. And this is amazing. I mean, I, uh, I was really stunned. He went on Facebook Live with it and he basically said that Kerry, when he wasn't Secretary of State, um, you know, he was Secretary of State for Joe Biden, you'll remember that, that he wasn't Secretary of State during Donald Trump's term. And what he was doing then is he was passing information to the Iranians, to the Iranian foreign minister, because the the Iranians were having a hard time getting information about what Israel was doing. So John Kerry was dishing all the information to the Iranians. And this was just sort of slid into the bottom of this um, New York Times story the other day. Uh, And it it looks to me like it's completely legitimate story. Uh, But they, they didn't seem to think that it was odd that John Kerry would be giving information to this Zarif guy. And the Zarif guy has, has John Kerry on tape. Say, and he was just, uh, it's, it's, it's fascinating. So he doesn't have diplomatic privileges, but he's still in touch with our, you know one of our worst enemies, the, the biggest exporter of terrorism in the world, Iran. Anyway, so Dan Sullivan got up there and man, he just, he just blistered him and said, if this is true, then he needs to resign. And if he doesn't resign, he needs to be fired.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I, Senator Sullivan did a great job here. If if if, um, if folks uh, can kind of remember the last, you know, uh, when Obama was president, their foreign minis, uh foreign policy as it relates to Iran was, well, let's send him a Boeing Boeing seven thirty seven full of cash. It was like six hundred million dollars in cash, right? And They literally sent a Boeing jet. I think, it. you know, I might be wrong about the 600 million. It was somewhere around there, full of cash to Iran. And, you know, Trump's policy was the opposite of that. And I remember Trump, President Trump talking about this on the campaign trail or right before the campaign trail that that Kerry was messing around and talking behind the scenes with Iran. And it kind of just, you know. Obviously, the mainstream media wasn't going to pick it up. So I'm very, very happy that our Senator Dan Sullivan uh, picked this up. And I think, you know, he obviously really cares about he has a knowledge and an edge that the average person who's never been enlisted, including myself, into any form of the military has. And he can understand maybe better than I could ever understand of why this could be a detriment to. Uh, safety as it relates to the average American or just the US in general. And so uh, I am very excited that he did this, even if it doesn't amount to anything, it makes uh, the uh, Biden administration understand that, uh, that somebody's watching, you know, somebody's paying attention.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, he did work in the um, in the George W. Bush administration and, and he had some security capacity and he has served overseas. He, he served in Afghanistan uh, as a Marine, which he still is in the Marine Reserves. But it was interesting. But what he said was, here's the guy who is uh, he's on President Biden's National Security Council, which that is something that he's on. But he wasn't actually confirmed for. He's confirmed as the the um, new energy, not energy, but. Um, climate change envoy, climate change, but yeah. yeah, but you know, here he is, he's, he's going to reveal some of the secrets to one of our most important allies in that region. And he's giving them to an avowed enemy. It was the largest sponsor of terrorism in the world. And, you know, a country that's been uh, responsible for, for killing and wounding and maiming thousands of American servicemen and women. And, you know, that country has blood of American soldiers on its hands. It just does. And so, how could, how could John Kerry even consider having any, any relation with that country, much less telling them what uh, the operations of the Israelis were? Well, and I don't know where he got it, but I know that because he's been in the diplomatic circles for so long, he has sources of information. And it's fascinating. This will be a developing story. And I think that what we're going to see is we'll see other senators come forward today with their statements too about this. I think he's not the only one. But I think he got in front of it and just got it out on the congressional record that John Kerry ought to resign immediately, he said. And so he said, if this is true, and he qualified that, if this is true, I certainly hope other members of this, of this body, Democrats and Republicans, will join me in calling for the resignation of John Kerry. Enough is enough. The red line that was crossed, if this is true, revealing secret information to one of America's most sworn enemies, with the blood of thousands of American military members on its hands, Undermining the interests of one of our most important allies, the State of Israel. If this is true, John Kerry needs to go. He should resign, or he should get fired by the President of the United States. So, pretty, pretty big, uh, bold statement. Um, was um, really kind of stunned because you don't really hear him doing that all that much. He's he's pretty mild mannered in some respects until you get him fired up, and then he's fired up.
1: <laughs> then you get. I was <laughs> in his office. Today. I was in his office once uh, in DC and uh, he got fired up over, you know, he went from zero to fired up very quickly, very passionately. And uh, it uh, showed me that this, this guy really cares about his job. And, uh, and so if, if, if uh, one of Dan's people or if Dan's ever going to, if he's listening to this, I think you did a good job for Alaskans today, because I think uh, the average Alaskan that, that voted for you is proud that you stuck up for their interests today. So nice work.
0: Yeah. And second, sticking up for Israel, Israel is this little Island in this big sea of sort of, of, of very, very difficult situation for Israel being uh, a, a Jewish state in the middle of a a series of Muslim states that basically work together to try to destroy this this, um, Jewish state. And uh, Israel is an ally of the United States, and I'm proud that it is. And so I'm proud of you, Dan Sullivan. If you're listening, we're proud of you. Hey, everybody, before we go, for the rest of the week, make sure you sign up for our newsletter and you're going to get a ton of great content there. You get stuff there that you don't even get on the website because I've always got little bits of information that I'm I'm picking up and I'm dropping into the newsletter. Stuff that maybe doesn't always merit a full story, but you like to know the inside information. I know you do because I do too. And be sure to tune in the midweek for the Must Read Alaska podcast. And that's up by Thursday morning. Scott Levesque is our midweek show host. He does a great job, and if you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, I just want to thank you so much. It takes uh, a lot to put this together so that we have a conservative voice in Alaska, so that we have somebody on our side standing up for what's right in a world run by leftists. So the donate button is on the right side at mustreadalaska.com, and you allow us to stay strong, independent, thoughtful, and make sure that blue wave of liberal activist media is keeping on their toes. So until next week, John, I'll uh, sign off now from somewhere in Alaska.